In Ecclesiastes 3, we read, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So, in God's providence and in the circumstances in which he leads us, there is a perfect time for everything. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. And on this final program of the year, I trust the Lord will speak through his word. We have a Bible reading from 2 Peter 3, talking about one day as a thousand years with God. And that is our message today, Counting Time. We have a hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And I trust that is true. And at the end of the program, I'm making an appeal uh, for every listener to get right with God. Time is passing. Eternity is coming. And you need to be saved. And I I plead with every listener uh, to pray and to seek the Lord that he may be gracious and that your soul may be saved. Now, we're coming up to our news item on the passing of missionary Helen Roosevelt. Missionary to Congo at the age of 28 as a medical missionary in the 1960s and just this week died at age 91. She was an English missionary. She was born into an Anglican home, later in life converted at university, became a medical doctor, and at age 28 went out to the Congo as a missionary. She went and helped in maternity units. She helped lepers. She worked amongst the most needy of the country. And then somewhere in the 1960s, civil war broke out. She suffered imprisonment, violence, attack, and even rape. Her story of victory uh, and her answer to many women who have known the defilement of rape and all its depression was that the enemy or the perpetrator of rape cannot touch the spirit, cannot touch the soul. And just as the Lord Jesus said, fear not him that killeth the soul body, but fear him that killeth the soul. And so that was her own victory, and it was her message of consolation to many who have endured that. One of her famous uh, titles to her book of her life story is that I asked for a mountain, but God gave me a valley. When she was a new convert, Dr. Graham Scroggie wrote inside her Bible the text, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And he said, now that you're a Christian, you know him. But may you go on to know his power, and may God use you to suffer for him. And indeed she did. On the mission field, she endured severely in 
things that were reversed, hospitals burned to the ground, devastation through the depravity of man. And out of that, she became a missionary with tremendous commitment. She is famous for saying that God never uses a person greatly until he has been wounded deeply. The privilege he offers you is greater than the price you have to pay. The privilege is greater than the price. And she went on to talk about many missionaries. You no longer want Jesus only, but Jesus plus. Plus respect, popularity, public opinion, success, and pride. You wanted to go out with all the trumpets blaring from a farewell do that you organized for yourself with photographs and tape recordings to show and play at home, just to reveal what you had achieved. You wanted to feel needed and respected. You wanted the other missionaries to be worried about how they'll ever carry on after you're gone. You'd like letters when you go home to tell how much they realized they owe you, how much they miss you, all this and more. Jesus plus. No, you can't have it. Either it must be Jesus only, or you will find you have no Jesus. These are the words of missionary Helen Rosevere, and all that God would make us so such missionaries, with the burning compassion of Christ in our souls, to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. May the Lord write this on your heart today, and make us each missionaries for Jesus' sake. Today we come to part two of Counting Time, a very important message at the close of the year. And it says here in Second Peter chapter 3 that the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements melt with fervent heat. We'll end our reading there, and we'll come now to our message, part two, on counting time. And in this final message of 2016, I want to call you to count the time before God. May the Lord use his word in your heart today. Now, this language of one day for a thousand years is to teach us that God is not bound by a human or an earthly agenda. God is free from time because he's outside of time, and therefore he keeps his promises. Look at verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count 
slackness. The conclusion of the scoffer, of course, was that, well, God's not in this. God doesn't care. God doesn't count this. But in reality, with God, the passing of ages or periods of time doesn't change God's program, God's promise, God's agenda for this world one iota. And God keeps his program. Now, there are two great examples of this. One is the Passover, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, which was the 14th day of Nisan, the first month of their calendar. But it was to the very day that God had ordained. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 41. Exodus 12 and verse 41. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years. Now, that's 430 years from Jacob taking his family down into Egypt. And he received the promise that God would lead Israel out of Egypt again. And after 430 years, even the self-same day. Notice that. The self-same day. It came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. That was God's perfect timing. That was God's program. The other example, of course, is the birth of our Lord Jesus, who in the fullness of time, with all the patchwork quilt of the prophecies of the Old Testament, that Jesus would be born of the house of David in Bethlehem, that he would be the king and he would be the prince of peace. All of these things. And we're told in Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, Christ came forth born of a woman made under the law. And the first coming of our Lord Jesus was according to God's program. His second coming will also be according to his program. Do not tell me tonight that you cannot believe that this world is going to end and Christ shall appear in the glory and he will bring this world to an end. Now, another thing is mentioned here in verse 9, and that is God's long-suffering. This is God's way of calculating time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. This delay that men talk about, this appear apparent non-intervention by God on a sinful world, it is simply explained as God's long-suffering, that he gives men, women, generations time to repent. Can you imagine the number, the countless millions of people who have been converted since Peter wrote these words? God gives time in this world, not because he is not angry with it, not because this world does not deserve judgment, but because he's building his church. From the very day that man crucified God's Son, this world was ripe for judgment. And God could have cut right there. But every day has been a day of grace, of God's long-suffering. Uh, why? To usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, God's long-suffering, while it may appear to delay and 
lengthen, but it does not deter him from his program. You're told here in verse 10, the day of the Lord will come. It will come as a thief in the night. That means he will come unannounced when we are not looking, when we're not observing. He will destroy this world by fire. It says, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements, not elephants. Uh, there is a story in some of our churches that someone was reading this passage, and they uh, saw the consonants and saw the appearance of the word, and they read it as an elephant. Uh, the elephants shall melt with fervent heat. And the conclusion was, if those big animals burn up, what's going to happen to you? No, the elements, the foundation of this world, the created world, the material things of this world, government houses, beautiful homes, airplanes, boats, cars, in a great inferno, this world is coming to a sudden end by fire. And that is God's program. Now, when that all happens, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And it says there, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, I notice that, Here's how the Christian counts time. Here's how the child of God counts time. The wherefore is Peter's application. Wherefore, beloved, he's speaking to the Christian, and he's speaking to you and me. Wherefore, according to his promise, that is not forgotten, has not gone aside, but it is salvation. That's what it says here. It is salvation. It's salvation to each succeeding, successing, uh, succeeding generation, one after the other. And you're here tonight hearing the gospel. You're called to be saved. You're called to leave the mockers and the scoffers and those that are heading for judgment. And you are called to believe the gospel and be saved. This is now the Christian's way of accounting. It is salvation. It is salvation to those who look for the coming of the Lord. Verse 11, saying then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God? That's what the Christian program is. That's what the work of the kingdom is. That's why we are missionaries. That's why we pray. That's why we maintain the gospel witness. We're hastening the day of Christ's return, working to that end, and praying, even so come Lord Jesus. We're not trying to hold back the program, but believing in the promise, we labor earnestly to promote it. And so we're on God's side. It is salvation of the hope of new heavens and a new earth. What an amazing thing. This world's going to be burned up by fire, and there will be new heavens and a new earth. That means a refurbished earth. That means there's going to be a completely new world, wherein there is righteousness, no more sin, no more stalking by the devil, and all the demons of hell, they will be damned in the lake of fire. There will be no more scoffers on the earth, no more wicked. But those who are in Christ and saved will have part in that new heaven, that new earth, 
wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, I do not believe that that is the millennium. I believe it's the eternal state, and my reason for it is it becomes after the fire. It's after the fire. The new heavens and the new earth comes after this world is destroyed, and it is a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. doesn't go on to talk about a thousand years. doesn't go on to talk about other characteristics of a temporary millennium, but rather it is rather a dwelling place for the righteous. Now, the fear of the Lord and of eternity must rule our hearts if we're rightly to live for God. We've had a look at time tonight. One of the saddest things is that most people just waste their time. The clock ticks, the calendar comes up and down, the years go by, and lives are wasted. The last thing we want to do is to stand before God having wasted our years. And so let's tonight recognize God's promise, the promise of His coming, and tell the world to be prepared. We know that Noah, and he's probably one of those fathers that is referred to earlier in the passage, one of those who proclaimed God's judgment upon the world, and they, they rule him out as really not reliable. But he was a preacher of righteousness. And in this perverse, ungodly age, when men are walking after their own lusts, we need to preach righteousness. We need to preach God's holiness, because we're going to live in a new heaven and a new earth where there is righteousness. And we're to call each one to right accounting. I wonder, do you have eternity in your calculation tonight? Are you accounting time as you ought? Some people don't really care much for marking the old year out and the new year in. They might go to bed at eight o'clock on Thursday evening and say, well, I'll just go to bed as usual and get up in the morning. It'll be no different. Others want to see that clock tick into the new year. They want to be wherever, with whoever, and celebrate it in a special way. How are you accounting time? Are you a scoffer? Are you with God's program and promise? Are you a Christian who, we're told here in verse 15, account? that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. That's our hope. That's our gospel. And if you're to be saved, if you're to be in that new home, heaven, you must cease from the scoffer and hold on to God's promise. Claim the gospel of salvation to your own heart and be saved. Now, this is my last opportunity to preach on a Sunday in this year. And I am cognizant of the passing of time. This will stand in eternity. You've come to church and heard the gospel. You've been warned of the way of the, the mocker and the scoffer. You've been told of the promise and God's program. Are you going to just say, ah, that doesn't matter to me? Are you going to dismiss it? In reality, you're going to be saying, I don't believe God's promise. I don't believe in this program that God is going to destroy the world by fire. I don't believe that Jesus, the Son of God, is coming again. I don't believe that there's going to be any divine intervention in this world. I'm a uniformitarian. Things will just continue on as they are. God is not going to step in and judge the world. 
That's the scoffer's way of counting. And he begins in the past, he practices it in the present, and he scorns at the future. And if you're doing that tonight, you're lost. And you need to recognize that God has a program, and he's going to one day send Christ, and this world will burn up by fire. And you might burn with it if you're not saved. And tonight you need to lay hold on the promise and say the God of heaven is going to send his Son. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to believe this gospel. I'm going to count this as my salvation. That's the thrust of this passage tonight. And I ask you to search the Scripture here and to search your own heart and to think of going into a new year without a Savior is a fearful thing. May God take his word tonight and write it in your heart and save you and bring you to repentance. That's why God gives time that you might repent. And if I can be of any help to you, I gladly will.
This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and on this final message of the year, and as we launch into a new year and we're cognizant of eternity coming, I want to plead with you, is it really well with your soul? Could you sing that from your heart? Surely if you are yet unsaved, if you are yet in your sins, if there's guilt within your heart, it is not well with your soul. You need to be saved. You need to be washed in Jesus' blood. You need to be born again of the Spirit. Jesus said that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so I exhort you to get right with God. Get on your knees and call on the Lord to save your soul. Plead for salvation. Plead the gospel blessing of peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look up Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and plead that text with all your heart. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if I can be of any personal help, feel free to contact me. I'll be delighted to talk with you and show you from the Scriptures how you can be saved by God's wondrous grace. May the Lord bless you richly and save your soul today. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. We do thank you for joining with us. And at the close of the year, we want to give thanks to the Lord for the privilege of serving Him by preaching His Word, even here on radio. And I trust that God's grace has multiplied the blessing in your own heart as we have sought to take His Word to you each and every day. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and, and believe it or not, this is our final week of programming for this old year. How it has flown by. I thought time would slow down after my retirement from pastoral ministry in my church after 37 years of building and battling for the gospel. But instead, time has moved on faster than ever. I should have known. But I praise the Lord for the opportunity to minister each day and each week by radio. What a blessing that we have this freedom in Canada to preach the Lord's Word without hindrance across the airwaves, entering into people's homes and cars with the gospel message. May it long continue. I want to thank everyone who has been in touch throughout the year. The phone is a marvelous means of fellowship and personal ministry. And I thank all who have financially supported to help us purchase airtime on each station. Your giving makes all this possible. So thank you for your faithful giving, and please continue to give as the Lord leads you. We look forward to another brand new year of gospel preaching on all 10 stations in Canada, from Vancouver Island to PEI. And you can check out the station schedule and times on our website, ltbs.ca. And again, feel free to email me or call me at 604-897-2040. I really need to hear from you to let me know that you're listening. I get callers all the time, and we love to chat. Every blessing in the new year. May the Lord multiply your blessings with growth and great grace in living for the Lord Jesus, our wonderful Savior. Join us again each week at this time as we continue to let the Bible speak.